welcome back to episode 9, season 3 of the Silver Bullet Saga podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Vonderhaar. On my own this week, ready to break down the biggest game of the season for Ohio State playing in the national championship. Many folks, you know, a number of months ago might have said, there's no way this could be possible. You know, no Big Ten season. You know, what a shame we don't get to see Justin Fields come back to play a few more snaps, uh, you know, in his career, in his collegiate career. And we re- or we fast forward the clocks. We find ourselves here January 10th, the night before the championship game in Ohio State. Uh, the players on the team, you know, never lost hope, stuck with it, you know, grinded out all those summer practices and, you know, just what a what a crazy story to even be able to say that they're they're sitting there, you know, down there in Miami tonight going to, to sleep before the national championship. You know, I remember months ago, all the players right of the uh, the Ohio State player uh, parents, uh, you know, organizing <laughs> to, to try and get a meeting with the Big Ten office just to reinstate the season. And people mocking them then saying, you know, what, what do they think they're going to do? Is it really going to bring about any change? And just what, what an awesome day for them, just the parents of these students, uh, you know, who fought so hard for them to be able to have a season this year. And, you know, <laughs> it's kind of crazy because we, we're, we are not that far away from a reality where Ohio State didn't play a single snap in the year 2020, or excuse me, in, in the 2020 season. And now we sit here playing for the national championship. You know, another, you want to talk about storylines just for this team. Another big one, right, is that they were, they've been counted out uh, at every point here late in the season. You know, oh, you know, Ohio State hasn't played enough games. The Big Ten Conference, you know, isn't going to let them play for the championship. Oh, now they are. Now the Big Ten is only making rules and decisions based on trying to get Ohio State into the college football playoff. All of the haters... All the haters in the Big Ten, outside the Big Ten, who didn't want to see Ohio State succeed. Tomorrow is your day. You get to sit at home and watch Ohio State play for the college football championship. And then the third, right, they squeeze into the playoff. And then last week, we are beaten in the head that Dabo believes that Ohio State is the 11th best team in the country. Well... Dabo got his, and he explained his thinking. You know, we're not gonna, we don't have to beat them over the head with it. They, they took their, uh, right? They took, they ate their vegetables last week. But you know, and Dabo comes out and explains. You know, it's just because of the number of games they played. Yeah, I think they're a great team. Well, if you if you believe that, you know, they should be ranked lower because of the number of games they played. Why bump them out of the top ten? You know, you did that. You did the eleventh uh, on purpose. You knew what you were doing. And this is what it gets you. So now, a week later, after being doubted every step of the way, Nick Saban ranked us, I believe, fifth. Keep that in mind, Buckeye fans. We play in the biggest stage tomorrow night. Uh, I'm unbelievably excited. I think that it's going to be a great game. We're going to talk about all that and more on this episode of the Silver Bullet Saga. First of I'd like to get into... A couple different storylines going into this game. Number one, I want to start on Alabama's side of the ball. For those of you who haven't watched that much of Alabama play, uh, you know, (laughs) 
you can kind of expect just by the brand uh, what kind of team we're getting tomorrow night. Uh, but one major difference is that Saban admitted it before this season. Offense is the here and now as far as college football. And he kind of, he kind of let that it, – it's been on display all season for Alabama – Namely, right, in the SEC championship against Florida, Florida was able to put up more than 40 points, uh, partially because of a killer tight end that they have, but more on that later. Um, But this offense has been fueled. This team has been successful riding off of the arm of Mac Jones, you know, the hands of Devontae Smith, now the Heisman winner, uh, and the legs of uh, Najee Harris, their, their big running back in the backfield. The offense has been unbelievable. Alabama, I believe, has. Uh, averaged 48 points. Yeah, averaged 48 points a game, uh, which is one of the best offenses, obviously, in college football. I don't have the rank on that. But, I mean, they're, they're putting up points, and it's been pretty unbelievable. Now, they're also allowing about 20 points a game on average. So we're going to have to see what the Buckeyes are going to be able to do to take advantage of that. Um, one storyline going into this week, there were some pictures of uh, Jalen, or excuse me, not sure of his first name, Waddle, right? Number two receiver on for the Crimson Tide. He went down with an injury earlier this season. There were some stories uh, about him potentially being able to return for this game, which it, some Buckeye fans were pretty scared about, a little worried about, uh, because before he was injured, it actually looked like Waddle was maybe the number one receiver on Alabama's team. That being said, <laughs> how... The then number two receiver just won the Heisman last week. So, you know, a lot of power at receiver. It kind of, to me, seems like it might be a smokescreen. You know, it was only a few weeks ago that Waddle was on the sidelines of the SEC championship, still walking in a boot. uh, And he's only returned to practice this week, supposedly, you know, doing some light reps. We will see if they use him, but I I just doubt that he's going to be 100% or at least being able to be a huge factor in the game. We will see. The bigger storyline on offense uh, that Buckeye fans should be excited about, it, or maybe not excited about, but a place to pay attention, right? Or a place maybe where an advantage could be had is under center. Uh, in that SEC championship game, center Landon Dickerson uh, came off with a, uh, it was a season-injuring knee injury, um, season-ending knee injury. Um, you know, they're, they've got their backup center in there who's, you know, obviously he's in his now second game. He's already had one playoff game against uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame was actually able to have some pretty good success uh, with their defensive tackles attacking the center of the line, you know, kind of keying on that backup center. Um, there's some reports, obviously, that some people believe that Ohio State may be out may, or down a few men uh, going into this week. Um, we will get more into that later, but I think we're going to be just fine uh, on the center of the defensive line. Another storyline, obviously going into this game, Alabama favored by seven and a half points. Um, That means the odds makers in Las Vegas, for those of you uh, listeners who maybe don't know that much about gambling, the odds makers, the people who predict these games out in Las Vegas for folks to bet on, think that Bama is going to win by more than a touchdown. So if you were going to bet money on Alabama, you would need Alabama to win by more than seven and a half points in order to collect. So they don't necessarily believe it's going to be that close of a game, Um, which is good news if you're an Ohio State fan, actually, because the last two national championships Ohio State has won, uh, they were underdogs by seven points, and that was against uh, Oregon back in 2014 or 2015, the game was played. And then uh, I believe they were dogs by 
20 points. It was something crazy like that against the Miami Hurricanes uh, back in 2002. So, you know, definitely, and obviously last week against Clemson, you know, just another upset victory. You know, I use upset in quotation marks. We know how good Ohio State is. You know, <laughs> last week I think surprised most folks, but but most of the time I think the fan base is more confident than the national scene uh, as far as how good an Ohio State team is. Uh, so look for that, you know, just a little bit of added uh, fuel to the fire for the team getting ready for this week. Um, you know, I just want to turn it over to our side of the ball, you know, what what we're talking about here and, and kind of where our weapons are. Big storyline for the Buckeyes. If you watch the Clemson game, you probably, you know, uh, maybe had to look away from the replay of Justin Fields taking the hit by the center linebacker of Clemson last week that the player actually got ejected. Um for the hit on Justin because the crown of his helmet was facing the ground. It was kind of similar in the rule to the way uh, Sean Wade was kicked out in last year's game against Clemson. So kind of wild, you know, as far as that goes, but now rolling on to this week, a lot of the national media was pointing towards, you know, Justin Fields potentially maybe still being injured uh, from that kind of shot he took to his ribs. Um, <laughs> it was actually the, the focus of a tweet that Nick Saban's daughter fired off this week. Uh, that, you know, there was some word that potentially there were rumors that the game was going to get postponed. Um, Saban's daughter goes on Twitter and says, oh, Ohio State's just scared. They want to get their uh, starting quarterback all healed up. There's no, all these COVID cases are fake, you know, this, that and the other. And obviously, you know, college football in general didn't take that tweet very well and kind of let her hear it. She ends up deleting her tweet and then deleting her Twitter account and then creating a new Twitter account and then firing off an apology and then deleting her account again, you know, kind of a crazy story as far as uh, maybe what uh, Nick Saban had to say to his daughter or what, you know, the blowback was, but, you know, obviously just, just other, other things to fuel these Buckeyes this week, as far as folks counting them out, there was never a concern that there's ever been a report of of Ohio State wanting to postpone the game, especially because of Justin Fields. So, you know, it's kind of I, I think we live in the side inside the minds of some fan bases. I don't I don't know what the deal was there with that tweet. She apologized, kind of did that half apology thing. Oh, I didn't mean to hurt anyone's feelings. Well, you know, you did. You fired the tweet off and you knew what you were doing when you did it. So you didn't like the blowback. You know, you could say that maybe in your apology, but. You know, we move on. We are, you know, I bring that up to me, and I think Justin Fields is going to be locked in, but that's a storyline to watch is, you know, how sure is he when he makes that decision to run? You know, is he going to be kind of going into traffic like maybe he was wanting to do against Clemson? Is he going to look to avoid those hits? You know, take a, take the knee a little qu- or slide a little uh, quicker than he, you know, maybe would if he was going into a player and, and absorbing a tackle. You know, those are the kind of pieces that we're going to have to watch for. It doesn't seem like at least anything the team's reported that, you know, his throwing has been off this week in prep- preparation or anything like that. So kind of watch him in the run game. And, you know, also if you're Alabama, you're going to key in on, you know, if you can get a shot at fields, you're going to take, you know, as legal of a hard hit as you can take against him because that's a story, you know, going into this. Um, you know, other things on offense, I think – you know, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are going to kind of carry the day for us, uh, but but kind of tag teaming with our new, you know, WWE size tag team of our, our tight ends, Luke Farrell and Jeremy Ruckert um, <clears throat> combining for three touchdowns last week. The good news for us is one of the weak parts of Bama's defense has been the way they've covered good tight ends. You know, they saw 
Um, his name's going to escape me. I'm going to have to Google it. But the Florida tight end um, in the SEC championship, uh, Pitts, Pitts is his last name. Um, just unbelievable. Like he, he, <clears throat> he was absorbing touchdowns the whole day. He's going to be a beast in the NFL. You know, I'm not saying that our guys are as good as him, but I think that they're going to be able to, you know, make some damage happen there against the linebackers in the secondary, which are obviously, you know, <clears throat> a lot of times the weak parts, weaker parts of the Alabama defense, you know, they kind of have as strong of a line as, you know, they, they normally have. It might be a couple ticks down from that of uh, Alabama defensive lines in the past, but, you know, that's, that's going to be where Ohio State's going to have to really attack is, the, you know, taking advantage of what's open in the middle and then turning that into those deep bombs and to Olave and Wilson. But what makes that possible, right, is the running game. So we're going to need Trey Sermon, obviously, to have a big game. Uh, and hopefully we just see the offense hum. You know, our our defense, the rumors were out there about how much of the defensive line potentially was out to COVID. It kind of seems like just based on the pictures that are floating around on the Internet of the team arriving in Florida, that most of those rumors are not true. It was originally reported on the Dan Patrick show that we potentially had 20 defensive players out, which is just patently false. It looks like we're, we might be down one, potentially two starters, but, you know, most of the second and third string guys that are always on normal rotation, you know, have been, been seen uh, down there in Florida. So I just look for the line to step up. I think a lot of folks have been kind of counting them out so far uh, this week, you know, due to the COVID rumors, due to, you know, how big uh, Tommy Togiai and Haskell Garrett have been in the center, you know, this year, a lot of people want to knock the line, you know, maybe if we don't have those guys. Now, I'm, I'm not sure who we're going to see. We'll know tomorrow, probably around 6 p.m., you know, what the depth chart is would be my guess. But, you know, l- watch for that on our defense. They don't have to make a stop every single drive. That's how good our offense is, is that, you know, we're going to be able to put quite a few points up on the board, I think. The key is they're going to have to make a couple key stops, you know. You can let them, kind of like last week with Clemson, you know, holding them to 28 was actually a pretty great defensive performance, you know, for us with how good the Clemson offense was. And if we can do a a bit more of that bend, don't break defense, I really like our chances tomorrow night. With that being said, I'm going to fire off my prediction here. You know, I have to be a homer in the national championship. I'm going to take Ohio State. I like them getting 45 points. And I actually like a pretty nice victory, 45-35, 10-point victory for the Buckeyes. I certainly hope that I'm correct. You know, if I'm not, we're going to be talking about it all off season. If I am, we're still going to be talking about it because it's going to be a great night. I got a text from a friend today who said, I'm just, a, I just think I'm preparing to cry no matter what happens tomorrow night, win or lose. It's going to be an emotional night, but I would ask anybody in Buckeye Nation just to think how thankful we are just to have had what an awesome season it has been, even with how limited it was. It's been a pretty awesome season for the Buckeyes. Um, and just get excited for tomorrow night. You and, you know, we've earned it as a fan base. We've gone through quite a bit this year, and I'm, I, I for one, cannot wait to watch. So for all that, for all my guests this season, thank you for coming on to the podcast. You know, it's been an awesome uh, time, experience. I think we're going to fire off a couple episodes, you know, even after tomorrow night. Uh, and into this off season, but it's been a ton of fun. Once again, if wherever you're listening to this, I just ask that you leave a review and shoot me a comment. If you have any feedback for me, uh, I have a ton of fun with this podcast. Uh, it's one of my favorite hobbies that I do. Uh, but you know, for for all the guests and myself, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Silver Bullet Saga. 
Go Bucks. <laughs>